On this episode of the St. Philip Institute podcast, we're going to talk about the year of St. Joseph. It's a year of St. Joseph for the entire church. Also in the Diocese of Tyler, it's the year of St. Joseph. And I want you to know about how you can receive the plenary indulgences that the church has opened to us for this this year. There's six different options, and I want you to know all about them because we've got a whole year to get them. I want you to make sure you get them. Also, we're going to talk about the age of St. Joseph. Was he an old man or a young man? I will let you know what Fulton Sheen's answer to that question was, and I think it will really surprise you. So don't miss it right on the inside of this episode. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Eternal Father, you called St. Philip the Evangelist to open his mouth and begin with Scripture, tell the good news of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we too are called to work for the salvation of souls. Instill in our hearts the zeal of St. Philip, that we may convert hearts and minds to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi, welcome to the St. Philip Institute podcast. My name is Luke Arredondo, and I am the Director of Faith Formation for the St. Philip Institute of Catechesis and Evangelization. And on the St. Philip Institute podcast, we talk about our Catholic faith and how to bring it to you in a way that is going to speak to you and help you to live your life more richly as a Catholic or as a Christian. Um, Today we're going to be talking about this year of St. Joseph. Um, So we just want to jump right in. If you didn't somehow already know... Uh, we are, as Catholics, we are living in the year of St. Joseph, and this is something that's especially neat um, in the Diocese of Tyler, because prior to the Vatican and Pope Francis announcing a year of St. Joseph for the entire Church, Bishop Strickland, Bishop Joseph Strickland, uh, had called this to be a year of St. Joseph, so we're like doubly in a year of St. Joseph here in our diocese. Um, and for the Diocese of Tyler— we sort of got like a three-year plan. We had the year of the Eucharist. Now we're in the year of St. Joseph. And next year is going to be a year of Mary. So 2021 for the entire church is a year of St. Joseph. And I wanted to just take a little bit of time here today and probably in another episode also talk about what we can do to better enter into this year of St. Joseph. Um, one of the things that, that you should be aware of is St. Joseph's Feast Day is coming up on March 19th. Um, there's a lot of people, I know I'm, I'm trying to do this consecration to St. Joseph uh, right now. I think I'm maybe one or two days behind, um, but I'm catching up. March 19th is the big Feast of St. Joseph. It's going to be a Friday in Lent, uh, but because it's such a, an important feast, Uh, You'll be able to eat meat, and you'll feel a lot better about that if you've actually prayed and participated in the lead-up to that feast, uh, rather than just take advantage of it on that day. Um, So yeah, for the whole church, it's a year of St. Joseph, and because it's a universal year of St. Joseph, uh, there are actually some special indulgences that are available um, that the Vatican announced earlier, earlier this year. Um, And in case you weren't aware of those, I wanted to just kind of quickly talk about the different ways that you can earn um, or receive, maybe a better way to say it, receive a plenary indulgence this year. 
Um, so the, the church says that if you meditate um, for at least half an hour on the Lord's Prayer and do everything else that you have to do for a plenary indulgence, which is be removed from any detachment to sin, that's a pretty big one, uh, but also you know go to confession and receive uh, communion. Uh, in addition to those things, if you meditate on, on the Lord's Prayer for 30 minutes, and you could do this at any point this year. Right? That's the cool thing about it being the entire year. Like any time you've got so a chance to do some some meditation on the Lord's Prayer, you can go to confession and go to communion. Uh, you have have this opportunity. So it's not just for like one day or or a week. It's you got the entire year. Um, so meditation on the Lord's Prayer, half an hour meditating on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, if you want a good way to do that, uh, I would suggest getting Jesus of Nazareth, Volume One. Uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, Pope Benedict's chapter on the Lord's Prayer is outstanding. Uh, you could also work your way through the catechism section on the Lord's Prayer, uh, which is also a, an excellent place to go. But So the first way that you can earn or, or receive this plenary indulgence uh, is to meditate for 30 minutes on the Lord's Prayer. Okay. Second one is if you take part in a retreat of at least one day, so it's got to be at least one full day, and the retreat, if it has some kind of focus on St. Joseph, a meditation on St. Joseph as part of that retreat, uh, then you can receive a plenary indulgence. And again, that doesn't just have to be, you know, leading up to March 19th. Uh, it's a year of St. Joseph. March 19th is a big feast, and it's early in the year, but after that, we still got nine more months of possibilities for entering more deeply into a relationship with St. Joseph. Um, so, you know, if you want to plan a retreat later in the year, you, you can still do that. And and these aren't exclusive either. You can do all of these if you want. It's not, you don't just have to pick one. Um, so the retreat with a, with a focus on um, St. Joseph, meditation on St. Joseph. A third way to um, receive the indulgence is... If you perform spiritual or corporal works of mercy and and do so following St. Joseph, Joseph's example. Um, so if you if you carry into a, a spiritual or corporal work of mercy that inspiration of following St. Joseph, then that can be a way to do it. And you see these are very different. Right? Like 30 minutes of meditation on the Lord's Prayer you could do by yourself. A retreat, probably you're going to need to go somewhere, be with other people. Um a work of mercy, whether that's a spiritual or corporal work of mercy, you're reaching out to somebody else. It's really somebody else that's, that's, that, that is the focus and not yourself. Uh, another one, and this is great for parents, okay? Number four, the recitation of the Holy Rosary in families and among engaged couples is another way of obtaining this indulgence for this year of St. Joseph. So parents, if you just delight in praying through an entire rosary with your family because it's so peaceful um, and you can really get contemplative and spend, you know, 10 or 15 minutes on each each mystery, then uh, definitely you're going to want to try this because I guarantee you it is going to work. It'll just, your kids will calm down and everybody will get a lot out of it, right? Maybe not, um, but trying is uh, is an important part. As, as John Paul II said in his uh, letter on the rosary from 2002, Rosarium Virginis Mariae, he said, uh, a lot of people find it difficult to pray the rosary with children, but he says, 
why not try it? Like that's this is a guy with two doctorates and his and a saint, um, you know, genius, and he says, why not try it? Like that's that's the best argument he could come up with, but it is a good one. You should at least try it. So recitation of the rosary with your family, or it also explicitly says among engaged couples uh, would be another way to receive this indulgence. And the the reason that the rosary is is highlighted is because Joseph is part of the Holy Family and we can we can certainly imagine that the the communion and the prayer life of the Holy Family is something that we can enter into through the prayer of the rosary because what's at the center of the Holy Family? It's Jesus. And what's at the center of the rosary? Jesus is at the center of the rosary, especially through the mysteries, but even through the prayer, the Hail Mary, the, the center of gravity of the Hail Mary is the word Jesus. So reciting the rosary brings us closer to the Holy Family and brings us closer to St. Joseph. All right, another way, a fifth way to receive this indulgence during the year of St. Joseph um, is for everyone who entrusts their daily activity to the protection of St. Joseph and all of the faithful who invoke the intercession of St. Joseph so that those who are seeking work can find it. Uh, that's another way to obtain the plenary indulgence. So either entrusting your daily activities to the intercession of St. Joseph or um, praying for those who are seeking work, because we know St. Joseph the worker, uh, right? And and there are certainly lots of people, especially in this, this last year, who are in need of work. So offering prayers for those who do not have work, um, modeling the intercession, uh, calling on the intercession of St. Joseph on their behalf. Just something as simple as that is a way to receive this indulgence. Also, entrusting your own work and your daily activities uh, to St. Joseph. Finally, um, the, the plenary indulgence can be uh, granted to the faithful who will recite the litany to St. Joseph, or any other prayer to St. Joseph that is proper to other liturgical traditions. If we are praying that litany or the other prayers, so you take the litany or some other Joseph prayer, right? Pray it for the persecuted church and for the relief of all Christians that are suffering all forms of persecution. Because Joseph is the universal patron of the church, so if the church is suffering, we should turn to him, to his providential care for the, for the, for the church, right? He will uh, intercede on our behalf. Um, so the, the litany of St. Joseph for the persecuted church um, and for the relief of all Christian suffering of, of whatever form. So, if you, if you didn't know uh, that, that you can earn uh, or receive, I keep saying earn, and I really want to say uh, receive uh, as the primary uh, way of thinking about plenary indulgence is that you receive it, you don't really earn it. Um, but if you, if you want to receive that indulgence, these are, these are the ways, there's six different ways that you can do so. And again, that's for the entire year. So, uh, we're in February, um, or no, we're in March now. Uh, you can get nine months left to to try and do that. So, all right. Now, I want to turn to something else uh, about St. Joseph with this, uh, this year of St. Joseph. I want, unless you're driving, I want you to close your eyes for a second and imagine what you, uh, imagine, imagine St. Joseph, right? Picture St. Joseph in your mind. Think carefully about what he looks like, what he's wearing, what he's doing, and just give you a couple of seconds to, to really think about that. You know, for, for you, if I say St. Joseph, 
what does that conjure up in your mind? What do you, what picture, what image, maybe there's a statue at the church that you grew up in, or you've got a holy card that, that comes to mind, or maybe you don't have some customary image of St. Joseph that you've actually, you know, used to help you in prayer or anything, but I'm just, I just say, St. Joseph, what comes to mind? Do a sort of a Rorschach test here. Because what I suppose he looks like, for most people, when, you, when I ask them, I think of St. Joseph, he's an old man. For most people, that's the natural thought. Now, maybe not everybody, but I think that that's the sort of the overwhelming initial reaction. Okay, think about St. Joseph, and then if I ask you, is he an old man or, or young? Probably a lot of people are going to say he's an old man, right? And a lot of Christian art represents him that way. Uh, for those of you that are just listening, uh, I've got a couple of images of St. Joseph here, a statue, a very small statue from my office, and then another uh, a painting, uh, a print of St. Joseph uh, in a frame. And in the frame, he's definitely, it's an old man, it's an old St. Joseph in, in that image. Uh, the statue that I've got, he's, he's really not old looking, but I wouldn't call him young either. I think probably most people imagine St. Joseph to be this old man, um, and, and you know, we think of it this way that, like, well, he's an old man who, who married the Virgin Mary in his old age, but that's not necessarily the case, uh, and, and that is, what I mean to say is, the Church does not have any definitive information on the age of St. Joseph relative to Mary. Um, some traditions, especially in the Eastern Rites of the Church, have thought of Joseph to be an old man who takes Mary as a spouse, sort of as a custodian uh, old later in his life. Like, he marries her to legally be able to provide for her and, and to, you know, in a certain way to give her cover for her to have a son and for her to not be ridiculed because, well, she is married, so everybody's going to assume it's it's his child, even though he's an old man. You know, maybe it's possible. Uh, but that, that really, it's like, it's like Joseph is sort of doing Mary a favor to marry her, uh, even though you know they, they they're not like in love. You know, so, some people sort of have this 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 image um, of of an older man just kind of taking care of Mary. But there isn't an official or definitive establishment of how old Saint Joseph was and whether or not he was an old man and, and Mary was young, or or you know could he could he have been even Mary's age or or just a little bit older. In fact, it's, it's possible and it's within the realm of things that, you, that we're allowed to believe. See, uh, being Catholic, sometimes I think a lot of people imagine when they're, when they're not Catholic that like, oh, there's like so much rigidity among Catholic, in, in Catholicism and among Catholics. Like, you have to believe so many specific things. This is one thing. There is room for you to have opinions and, and, and you still fit within the Church without any, any kind of uh, tricks to be played. Joseph could be old. But he could also be a young man. And Fulton Sheen, uh, who I've had a couple of occasions to talk about here on the podcast, uh, actually has a really interesting claim that if we think of St. Joseph not as an old man, but as a young man, maybe in his late teenage years or 20, a lot of the story of the gospel makes more sense because... Well, what does Joseph have to do? I mean, he is the protector of the Holy Family, and when when he, for instance, is told in a dream that he needs to flee to Egypt with, with the Holy Family, I mean, even before 
the birth of Christ, he's got to take Mary for the census, like, you know, go on that journey, find an inn for, you know, find a room for them. Of course, there's no room at the inn, um, and and they have to deliver the child. Uh, Joseph is responsible for taking care of Mary. This is the Blessed Virgin Mary, right? The, the, the one who was immaculately conceived, and Joseph is her protector. So if he's an old man, if he's, you know, I don't know, 70 or whatever, um, that's, you know, it's a little harder to do. Uh, if he's a young man, it's it's a little bit easier to understand taking that posture of protection and defense. So the flight to Egypt, you know, you wake up, you've had a dream from an angel says, get, get out of there, go to Egypt, and, and immediately you go. That's a little harder to do for an old man. What about, what is Joseph's trade that he, you know, does when when Jesus is around like we know Jesus is talked about like isn't that the carpenter's son being a carpenter is a little difficult to do in old age um especially with the kind of rudimentary tools that were available you know during that time a little easier to understand if Joseph is a young man um so caring for the Christ child defending the virgin mary these are things that take vigor take strength and virtue. Um, and so I really, I the first time I read this from Fulton Sheen, to be honest, the first time I read it, I blew straight through that chapter and didn't even register. But then I got to teach uh, a, a class on Fulton Sheen to uh, Sacred Heart Homeschoolers in Tallahassee. Um, so all of you who are listening, uh, thank you for listening. Right, I taught a class about Fulton Sheen and I had the, these uh, high school students read this book I'm holding up. So those of you who are listening, you're missing out on so much today. You get to see me, uh, a statue of St. Joseph, a, an old picture, and my book. Uh, not my book, Fulton Sheen's book, The World's First Love. In this, uh, he has a chapter where he devotes a whole chapter to arguing about a young St. Joseph. And that second time that I read it, when I was teaching that class, it just blew me away. And I couldn't, re- I couldn't imagine that... I had read this book years years prior, and like that, that didn't even register to me. But he says that making Joseph appear old in art, which is normally how we—that's why we see him and think of him that way because of the art—that was basically a way of understanding how the spouse of Mary, how her husband, could be chaste, most chaste, right? Saint Joseph, your most chaste husband, that he could marry a beautiful young woman, and not fail in maintaining her her virginity and her purity because he wouldn't have the desires of a young man. So artists imagine him as old, and then it's easier to understand how he could allow Mary's virginity to be unstained, how he could, in fact, safeguard it, and that there wouldn't be any sort of difficulty because he's older and he's past that point in life where those desires are very, very strong and difficult to overcome. Um, so that's that's essentially the rationale for why art portrays Joseph as an old man. Saint uh, Fulton Sheen, it's not, not Saint yet, but Fulton Sheen says, to make Joseph appear pure only because his flesh has aged is like glorifying a mountain stream that has dried up. <laughs> and I love that. Um what else? Well, the foster father of Jesus, Fulton Sheen argues, should be choosing a sacrifice of virginity just like the mother did. In other words, Mary willingly gives herself as a virgin, and Fulton Sheen says 
Joseph should be doing the same thing. Not just happen to be married but chaste because he's old and because he doesn't have those kinds of desires anymore, but no, young, in the thick of it, and choosing for the sake of his mission to defend the Holy Family to remain a virgin. And there, in fact, is a great tradition within the church that Joseph was a perpetual virgin, that like he took a vow of virginity. But what Fulton Sheen wants us to do is imagine, yeah, he took that vow, and he's young. He's at the part of that vow where it's really difficult. So here's a, a, a quote from uh, Fulton Sheen. This is uh, page 93. It says, um, Just as we would give very little credit to the Blessed Mother if she had taken her vow of virginity after having been an old maid for 50 years, so neither could we much give, sorry, so neither could we give much credit to a Joseph who became her spouse because he was advanced in years. Young girls in those days like Mary took vows to love God uniquely, and so did young men, of whom Joseph was one so preeminent as to be called the just. Here we go. Instead, then, of being dried fruit to be served on the table of the king, he was rather a blossom filled with promise and power. He was not in the evening of life, but in its morning, bubbling over with energy, strength, and controlled passion. Right? So, Fulton Sheen says he was making a choice to maintain that virginity of his own virginity and Mary's own virginity, and he wasn't just an old man for whom the question of, you know, marital relations was not so important because he's very old and he's sort of past that part of his life. Uh, another thing that, that Sheen notes is that the, the Jewish people did not like disproportionate age gaps in marriage. The, the Talmud records that if you have a very old husband and a very young wife, uh, that that it's really not ideal. We shouldn't do that if we can avoid it. Also, if Jesus he says if Jesus could have a young mother, why couldn't he have a young father, right? To, so that they have a similar experience. And then finally, his fifth point, his fifth reason is when Jesus dies, who does he entrust Mary to? An old man? No. A young man, right? John. And if at the end of Jesus's life he can entrust Mary to a, a younger man, not not like you know, not like a teenager, but he's not an old man, then why couldn't God have entrusted Mary to a young man at the beginning of Jesus's life? Um, so the tradition of Jesus, or sorry, of Joseph as an old man, is usually built around the idea that like that's the only way to preserve Mary's virginity because if he was a young man like how could they have been married and both remained virgins or how could Mary have remained a virgin if Joseph was married to a young man but that's exactly the point Fulton Sheen's trying to get at we we want to hold up Joseph as a model of husbands and it's a lot more impressive there's a lot more virtue behind a younger man right who's at the prime of his life for having children to give that up. That takes a lot more virtue and control than, than someone who's, who's much older, you know, not having any children. Um, and so the way that Sheen puts it, if St. Joseph is a young man rather than an old, you know, uh, a grandfatherly sort of character, he is all the more to be imitated because he would have had to keep his natural desires in chains he uses that language, in order to guard and preserve the virginity of marriage. And and Fulton Sheen also notes that like, this is a real marriage. 
This is a marriage of hearts. St. Augustine wrote an interesting book called De Bono Conjugali, On the Good of Marriage. Um, and it was essentially an argument against the Manichaeans, okay, this, this, this sect uh, this philosophy that that sort of denied the goodness of created matter, and in some cases, because of that, said you know sexuality, uh, pregnancy, childbirth, all that like marriage is evil because it leads to the generation of more matter, and matter is evil. Okay, I know you probably not listen to this for for heavy philosophy, and that's good because I don't know any heavy philosophy. But this is what the Manichaeans were, and Augustine wanted to defend the good of marriage, de bono conjugali, on the good of marriage against those who were saying nobody should be getting married, it's bad and it's evil because it generates more more matter and matter is evil, right? So he, he wrote to counteract that. But in there he does say, of course, one of the goods of marriage is childbirth, having children, procreation is important, but that there's there's more to marriage that it can help the husband and the wife to form a deeper spiritual bond sort of once they get past that stage in life where they're having children, and that's a good thing. Procreation is good, right? But as life unfolds, most married couples are going to get to the point where they can't have any more children because they're too old. You know, that's that's past them. Um, So then what is marriage? At that point, what does the couple begin to do? And St. Augustine says essentially they, they form this deep friendship, uh, this deep spiritual bond, and that in a certain way, that's kind of like the long-range trajectory of marriage. Now, I mean, this is a pretty long book, and I got you know a few minutes here to summarize it. There's, there's a lot more that goes on in that book. But one of the things that he says is that essentially it's a good thing that, that happens in most marriages that as, as the marriage goes on, you get to a point where the union of the hearts is more important than the union of the body. Uh, and he says that it's good to get to that sooner rather than later if you can, that that's going to be good for your spirituality. And here he's sort of following you know certain uh, warnings of St. Paul um, in the New Testament, which is, I can't get into that right now, but... Uh, this is something that Fulton Sheen wants to say. See, Joseph and Mary, because they were given a divine child from God through the Immaculate, uh, not through the Immaculate Conception, through the Annunciation, the birth of Jesus is this miracle. They're given and entrusted with a life. They don't have to have their own child. They were able to more quickly, right from the beginning, have this union of hearts, this deep spiritual bond. So it's a real marriage, but... Joseph and Mary both still are exercising virtue uh, as they as they continue in in that virginity after the life of Christ. So this is something I, if you are interested in um, seeing more about that, I would encourage you to get this book from Fulton Sheen, uh, "The World's First Love." This is not the first time I've recommended it on here. Um, I, I I really like this book. Uh, in chapter, let me see, I think it's seven, chapter seven, if you wanted to jump straight to it, you could jump to chapter seven, see the argument that he lays out there, but I want to encourage you to, to, to think about this idea of, you know, and again, it's a possibility, okay, so I'm not telling you definitely Joseph was a young man, right, but rather he could have been a young man, it's not necessary that he, it's not a dogma, it's not even a doctrine, that Joseph was an old man. It's a possibility, but 
he very well could have been a young man. And if you picture him that way, think of him that way, especially in this year of St. Joseph, if you're, if you're a young man, if you're a husband uh, or, or, or a young man, you're, you're earlier in your life, you're not that old man yet. I hope I'm not an old man yet. Uh, sometimes I can't tell. But if you don't see yourself as an old man, trying to identify with the older St. Joseph, but you feel like you're in that younger part of life and, and you wonder, well, how can I be more like St. Joseph? Well, maybe St. Joseph in in the life of Christ was in fact that young man that you are now uh, or that you want to be someday, right? It can maybe make it a little bit easier for you to entrust yourself to his care. Um, Joseph was in charge of Jesus, and he can be in charge of us too, right? If we submit ourselves to him, if we if we we ask him to intercede for us, and if we model ourselves after after him. Another another point in this guess what book Fulton Sheen's book here, and I make no money off the sale of this. Okay, uh, the world's first love, uh, Fulton Sheen. He says Jesus spent three hours redeeming us on the cross, right? Uh, three days in the tomb. And 30 years in obedience to Joseph and Mary. And if Jesus Christ himself, the Logos incarnate, could submit himself to Joseph and Mary, then maybe we should try and do that too. Uh, so just just something to think about here that that I I really thought was fascinating that second time that I read through this book and and now see you didn't even have to read the book twice to get to the point where you realize what an interesting theory uh, about Saint Joseph. So it's a year of Saint Joseph, March nineteenth coming up soon. Get those indulgences. Uh, uh, there are six different ways to get them, and uh, I will I will actually put those in the show notes so that that if you're uh, if you're looking at this on. Uh, on your computer, you can, and you know, what what were those six ones? You don't have to write it down. So I don't want to give you homework. So uh, I'll, I'll do the homework for you. Um, and then also take to prayer this this idea of of a young Saint Joseph, like what that what that may have been like. Uh, and, and I hope that it does, you know, kind of speak to you in your spiritual life um, and make it easier for you to identify with this great, you know, foster father of our Lord and guardian of the Holy Family, uh, who very well may have in fact been. A young man. So that's all for um, this week. And thank you for joining us on the St. Philip Institute podcast. Again, my name is Luke Arredondo. I'm the director of Faith Formation. Uh, you can follow the St. Philip Institute on YouTube, on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and maybe somewhere else. I don't know. Thanks again. And uh, we'll look forward to having you with us next week.